You're listening to an N Stars podcast production. I'm Adam Mock, a 40 something year old film critic, and we're about to watch Tom Hanks when he used to be funny. I'm Melanie Weir, a 26 year old former theater major, and I think I'm, I'm dating this version of Tom Hanks. And we're about to make you watch a podcast. Welcome back to Made You Watch a Podcast, and this week it was my turn to recommend to Mel, and what did I recommend to you? You recommended The Money Pit, starring Tom Hanks, and I had the actress's name right. Shelly Long. Thank you. <laughs> From Cheers. We're going to make you watch Cheers one of these days. That's, it, it's the OG sitcom. It feels strange that I, of all people, have not seen the OG, OG big fandom sitcom. Yeah. This movie's from 1986. It was uh, directed by Richard Benjamin, who... He did another movie that I love. He was an actor, director, producer. His name sounds uh, familiar. Um, he did this movie called My Favorite Year with was... um, Cousin Larry from uh, from Perfect Strangers was in it with uh, Peter O'Toole, I believe. And it's kind of literally the same thing as Get Him to the Greek, if you ever I... saw that movie with, with Russell Brand and Jonah Hill. Oh, you're missing out. Russell Brand and Jonah Hill. Yeah. He's like, he's like a rock star who this kind of... Um, agent has to get to um, a gig on time. And it just, it's a comedy of errors. But we're talking about the money pit. The money pit, not the mummy, thank God. And um, do you know anything about this? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay, Zip, so... Zip, zero, zero. You said cute Tom Hanks. I'm excited about it's that. It's adorable Tom Hanks. He's hilarious in this. Because I saw Splash for the first time recently. Really? Which is hilarious because I am one of the many people who, shortly after this movie came out, ended up with a younger sister named Madison. Uh, <laughs> she was born in 98. I and I think the there were four other Madisons in her class. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> There was a problem. <laughs> there was actually, my parents had to give her, I think, I think it weighed in on her middle name because there was literally just another Madison Weir really? in the town That's not when she was born. So they were like, all right, her middle name's got to be different or something. There's some story to that effect. They'll have to remind me. But yeah, they, it became a very common name. And it's actually really pretty. I couldn't believe it. Shout out to Madison's yeah. out there. Um, but we're talking not about Splash, which yeah. is a movie that I love. But I was very excited to hear Cute Tom Hanks because Cute Tom Hanks Stole my heart and Yeah, splash. this is a 1986 Tom Hanks. He's coming off of like, uh, what was that show he used to do? Bosom Buddies. We've been doing a lot of 1986 recently. Have you noticed good, that? It's a good year for film. What a... It's what a, a great year for film. Whatever was going on in 86. <laughs> like, isn't, this, isn't that also the year Running Up That Hill came out? Which everybody's in love with right now? I don't know. And it's the year Top Gun came out. There was a little running joke for a while that we were just reliving 86. I think we still are. I think that's what we're doing. <laughs> oh, here we go. So, um... We're going to let you hear the trailer, we're going to go watch the movie, and we'll be right back. Anna and Walter are young, single, and in love. They've got good jobs, fabulous futures, a magnificent new home that they bought for a song. Who says they can't have it all? Fun fixing it up, you'll see. <laughs> Look, this is an old house. It's gonna need some work. Five grand, five thousand dollars? That's just a deposit. A little work. When do you think you can start? Just as soon as your check clears. A little care. Do you really buy this house? Yes, it is. <laughs> a little imagination, and it's gonna be great. All the Mister, you're out. Hey, Mister Fielding, don't move your butt and see. Okay, guys, let's do it. The Money Pit. If they've got what it takes, it's going to take everything they've got. Coming this Christmas from Universal Pictures. Okay, we are back. And Mel, what did you think of The Money Pit? I loved this movie. Isn't it charming as it hell? ran like just one very long sitcom that never ended. All the characters were so delightfully weird. It reminded me so much of Mr. Mom. Oh, yeah. It, it, it has just the strangest cast of characters. It had um, Maureen Stapleton, uh, who plays Estelle, the woman who sells the house. Oh my god, she was wild. She was hilarious. She was the first one. I was like, oh, this is just a running cabal of, of <laughs> weird, weird people, huh? And then you had um, Carl from Die Hard. If you ever saw Die Hard? Oh, I love Die Hard. Um, Alexander Gudinov played the ex-husband, the, the maestro. Oh, 
Oh my god, I knew he looked familiar. He's the big guy who's he's like, the... I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna cook you, and I'm gonna eat you. And he kills his brother and it just says, ho, 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 now I have a machine gun. Yes! Yeah. And he like kind of cries a little bit like a little bitch on camera. I hated this guy. <laughs> I, 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 he, he was great in this though because he really got to actually like be a character for once. He I wasn't just a German hated stereotype. hated him. I was a German stereotype. He was a composer stereotype. He was, he was excellent oh, at it though. He that drove wispy me insane. Hair. I was like, is every composer like this? We used to like have a meme about our composer in college. Like, the, <laughs> the, like the composition teacher in college was very, very dramatic. And yeah. I always heard like secondhand drama because all my friends were in the orchestra and in instrumentals and stuff yep. about like what was going on in his personal life. <laughs> and he was absolutely just wild the things just this man bonkers. did and every facebook profile picture was just him dramatically flipping his hair oh, he geez. was such a such a guy i miss those days i cannot imagine being his contemporary <laughs> it would have been like this it would have been just <laughs> like this which well, is what, insane she was married to this poor guy shelly long's ex-husband I cannot imagine how or why anybody would marry yeah. this insane, obnoxious, self-centered man. Well, Maybe he was less obvious. He does have a little bit of charm to him. He's yeah. very passionate. And men who are passionate <laughs> tend to be very charming. But don't fall for it, honey. No. So what I found so funny about this in the beginning was I did not remember the intro and the ending to this film. Yeah, what the I was very confused. I was so, like, I thought this was Tom Hanks. Who is this guy? You basically find out that Tom Hanks' dad has skipped the country, screwed over their lawyer business. I, I thought he was an agent. Lawyer for, business? Well, I didn't know if he was an agent or... Later on, he says, I'm a lawyer. Yeah. And he works for a bunch of rock stars who are just complete screw-ups. And, and drag queens? And drag queens. What was their band going to be called? They want to be the Barbra Streisands? Yeah, or, or no, 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 Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. They were funny, though. That I loved them. These big fat guys in house coats. Fantastic. I was like, all right, drag queens, trans women, very early. I don't know what it is, but thank you for the positivity. So he finds out his dad screwed him over, skipped uh, skipped to Brazil, and is getting married to this woman who's like a quarter his this age. This is a common theme with Tom Hanks' characters, having a dad that's like that. What other movies? Ma You've Got Mail. Oh, yeah. I don't... Did I see you got mail? I, <gasps> no, I did. I watched it during COVID because I was bored. <laughs> Didn't help. I was about to get really excited. I love you got mail. It's just one of those Pride and Prejudice spin-offs. I haven't seen Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, that one's okay. That's one I've of seen... my mom's favorites. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not a huge fan, but it's cute. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of just, and they keep doing close-ups. You never meet the characters right away. It's like he's looking at the bills, and they all say yeah, past due. Or, and it's voiceovers. Or even um, when Josh Mustel, who plays Jack, his real estate agent, you just see a donut constantly dripping on pages while he's going through the different listings. It's and funny. It's like they're trying to tease the characters. Like, you yeah. know who it's going to be, but they're like, oh, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's like now with Marvel movies, how they're waiting, they're waiting for you to applaud when a certain <laughs> character comes on screen. So Shelley Long and Tom Hanks are laying in this gorgeous mansion in bed, and all of a sudden, Yakov Smirnoff, 80s comedian Yakov Smirnoff, busts in. Hey, you have to move out. The maestro going to be home soon. I was like, what the hell is going on? It, it, it throws you right into this movie. Even down to getting the house happens pretty quick. Yeah. it's And it's like, a, there, you, you can't just find an apartment that fast in New York City. I felt their pain. I did. Oh, yeah. So he's like desperate. He's got no money because his dad screwed him so hard. And I love the one band. Um, it's three brothers and a sister. And their manager is the, also the brother. He goes, keep the money. It's fine. They got plenty. They don't even know. They, they're used to getting screwed. <laughs> so he has a little bit of cash. They don't expect you to pay them back. And then he has to, and then, so they go and look at this house that evidently has been on the market for a while. It, it's got good bones, they're saying, and things like that. And it's a, it's a gorgeous mansion that is dilapidated. It's very pretty. It's just like the whole movie is it, and it just like, I was like, how can these people be so stupid? And then I remember that the internet didn't exist. Yeah. And I You had to go just, through people. And then. you had to trust people more, and like that, that was bad because clearly you could get scammed. And like sometimes situations like this happen where somebody has to sell mm -hmm. a house really fast, but you have more verification nowadays. And these people just had to like kind of take a gut feeling and jump yeah. on it. So it's like they're not actually it, as stupid. And also, like, you would have less awareness even that scams like this happen. And it's a million dollar home he's getting for 200 grand. I mean, like, the too-good-to-be-true oh alarms would goodness. be going off like crazy in my head. The whole movie is actually, I used to work for a real, a real estate agent. I used to, like, run her blog for her. And the whole thing just feels like a, a lesson in always get an inspection, always get an inspection, <laughs> always get an inspection. Well, they don't. And they go and meet Estelle, who is telling them that her 
her ex-husband, I think, um, had to skip the country and leave for Brazil because he, it turns out he used to be Hitler's pool boy. Yeah. <laughs> I was Which like, they just kind of throw in there. And when I we're mean, it's, on, a, it's a boys from Brazil reference where we, a lot of Nazis hid out in Brazil yeah. under assumed names. When we were on um, the other, the uh, Trav- TV Travis's other podcast. Um, oh, wait. Wait, uh, you haven't seen. Wait, you haven't seen um, that. On yep. Sunday, shout out to TV's Travis. Also go check that out if you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, we wait, you we haven't seen it is fun. Pretty in Pink, and he said he wanted me to record my reactions to this movie because he was like, there's one thing, and you'll know it when you see it. I recorded my reactions to so many things because I expected them to be the one thing until the one thing actually happened, and this was the first one. That was the first one. The one I'm talking about is the bathtub. Yes, we'll get there. Holy God, it's the best scene in this movie next to the rug. As soon as the (laughs) raccoon started happening, I (laughs) I knew it was time. I mean, this movie's got very, like... That oddball 80s aesthetic, kind of like the way, like, like um, weird science. It's just weird for the sake of being weird, even though it's a very normal concept. It's two people buying a shitty house that they need to rebuild, but every aspect of it just goes to hell you know what it over, is? overnight. It's the concept that bridged the gap between the kind of slapstick home comedy that was from the Dick Van Dyke show yeah. into the more modern situational comedy that like now shows like The Office have perfected. Yeah. It's the middle ground between like, oh, look at this crazy thing that's happening to like the dead inside how many more crazy <laughs> things can happen. So they borrow $200,000 from a kid. It's yeah. one of his clients who I guess is like this kind of like famous singer kid. And he's he's a real dirtbag. His mother is his maid. And he's got like this crazy um, henchman yeah. Hold on. who that, like frisks a tongue. That's the second thing that I responded to because what the shit was going on in that house? His mother, He had a girl upstairs in the jacuzzi? His mother was his maid? Yeah, this it kid is like 12. Weirdly kinky. Yeah. and And she's all into it. She's like... He puts a cigarette out on the carpet and his mother goes to clean it up and he looks at his at his manager and goes, Hey, you gonna make my mother clean that you rug? You gonna make your wife clean that up and oh, then you Was that the husband? Yes! Oh, I didn't get that. Oh, it was it was literally I missed that. There's an episode of Parks and Rec where Bo Burnham is on and he plays like a jackass country singer, and his dad like brings him yes. like lunchables and he's like it, Turkey, you dick! I wanted ham. He throws him across the room, totally and he's that. like, "Maybe mom would be a better manager than you, huh?" And I'm like, "Oh, holy shit! I wonder if Bo Burnham's seen this movie. He probably has." So he's this little like Guido kid. He's got like that kind of mop hair and a gold chain. He's just wearing a robe and slippers. Yep. And Tom Hanks is like, "There is a house I want to buy." Let's just cut to the chase, okay? What do you want? I want you to loan me $200,000 in cash. No. Betty! You shout at me? I shout at you! I need that money and you are going to loan it to me! I will not! Yes, you will. No, no, no! Yes, you will! I saved you ten times that in taxes last year! So what? Benny, if you don't loan me that money, I'll... You what, huh? You what? I'll not like you anymore. All right. Thanks. And the kid's just like, okay. <laughs> his face. And it's like, oh, Tom Hanks is his real friend. It's a little preview of like big. Yeah. No, it, that that I forgot that line. That was so cute. That little kid just like won't dis- like you anymore. <laughs> okay. So he gives them the two hundred grand. They buy the house, but the problem, and they also get a pretty cool car along with it yeah i mean it's dying but it is a very cool car yeah it looks like something from like an old like gatsby bit or something so they move in and the house is just a shithole oh my god i mean they run the water it comes out like sludge and he's like making a big deal out of it she was like it has legs and i was like i'm with you honey that reminded me of the i don't know if ghostbusters ghostbusters probably had not too probably had not come out yet but that was the pink slime from ghostbusters too as a child the very concept terrified me i once had a dream i just realized that's definitely where that nightmare came from (laughs) the most traumatic nightmare of my childhood was when the water came out of the sink and started swirling around my body like it was a snake and it was going to eat me (laughs) <laughs> I was four when that happened. No, I'm 
it's they decide to hire um, Joe Montana, who plays Art Shirk. Shr- yeah, I think is his name. The, the and Shirk he's, brothers. He's who a are... he's a carpenter. His brother's a plumber, which are very hard to find nowadays. And I like your wife. She's nice wool. Is one of my favorite lines where he's hitting on Shelley Long and he goes, "I'm sorry, I didn't know you were with her." He would. She seems like nice wool. It was. <laughs> It's the most misogynistic thing I've ever heard, and it's great. This movie has a couple of moments that it loses points for legitimately, where it just treats legitimate scary acts of sexual harassment of women as like, ah, little things. But at the same time, the way they they played it off was adorable between Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. They were cute. He goes, hon, do you know how hard it is to get a carpenter as as good as him around here? You can't. And, and, And... she goes, I'm going to have to do some stuff to get this this happening. He goes, you just might. You just might. And she's like, okay, sweetie. And she just kisses him. And it's like, they understand. They, they, they just have to deal with this scumbag the, for The couple are weeks. very Jim and Pam. Yeah. And they, they, they played off each other so well. Tom Hanks has great chemistry What were their names? Everyone. Walter Fielding and Anna Crowley were their Loved names. Loved them. And they, they keep saying husband and wife, but they're not married till the end of the he movie. He keeps doing the whole thing where he's like, that's my wife! And even now, we, we weren't even, even married says, yet, I just said it. We don't need a piece of paper to prove that we're, we, we're in love. It's her, she's traumatized yeah. because she married this composer guy for unknown reasons, and he, he's like, baby, it was one bad mistake. Yeah, and she felt way more broken than him at yeah. certain parts of this, because she's still parts. getting, cause they, towards the end, Shelley Long is a little screwed in the head, like, where she ends up with, like, Thinking she banged her ex and everything. We'll get there. I have a rant. <laughs> okay. So they hire him. Um, he's going to come by and, yeah, you'll be done in two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. And every time him or his brother show up, they're blasting I Gotta Be Me <laughs> from their car. They're like super Italians. Um, then his brother shows up. Uh, I don't know. If, I forget what his name was. But whatever. He shows up, walks into the house Ten seconds. He walks back Drinking out. a scotch, leaves, drinks another scotch, gets in his car, says that'll be $5,000. You didn't even look at the place. I didn't have to. I looked at it two years ago. Trust me, nothing changed. <laughs> he's, he's leaving because he's insulted because he's like, oh, you don't even have the money to offer me the good scotch. And he's like, this is the good it's scotch. It's Johnny Walker Red. It's okay. <laughs> it's not great. He's a child, sir. <laughs> he is kind of a kid. He bought this house. So... The first day, the first night, like everything that can go wrong is going wrong. I mean, they're finding rac- a raccoon in the dumb waiter. That was that was a great shot. Of so her. funny. That was a that raccoon was like legit, like going after Shelley Long. I think that they may have used a real raccoon for parts of that. For parts, I mean, I saw the real raccoon. So it's definitely parts. Tom Hanks goes booking up these beautiful kind of curved stairs, and they just drop out from under, under him. him like a cartoon and he is hanging on for dear life she comes running out stops at the ledge whoa and is Honey, standing on you're his standing on my hands she gets off and he does this move where he goes ah grabs his other hand and then just drops and if that didn't break your back i don't know what would. he landed spread eagle which actually if you're falling from a, a very very large height they say you should do because it distributes the force of the impact evenly across your entire body and you're less likely to shatter your bones yeah but he had like a piece of staircase like this going yeah, into his spine no so, like his neck know. should have probably been broken he was it was good that he was fine so um that see. staircase is i have to mention what an exercise in practical effects that stunt was awesome that was amazing yeah. that was buster keaton-esque and there's another one later on with the with the scaffolding. Yeah. With the with the when he falls into the paste like, and the scaffolding. That stunt guy, if it wasn't Tom Hanks, which oh. I doubt. No, it wasn't. He had a stunt man. That stunt man. <laughs> he had he had um, well, it looked like a Rube Goldberg device. Yes. It was just like dum dum dum, and then he falls, and then the next one falls, that and then he slides exactly down, and then he slides down again, he slides down again, and then he lands, and then he goes into a bucket, down a hill, into a fountain, and I love the fountain. We gotta get into the fountain. They don't have water. So they they only running water is this fountain of like a little chair of pissing. And that's how they have to get all of their water. And when he <laughs> lands in the fountain, the chair starts peeing on him. <laughs> and he's patting the thing on the ass, like, have a little prostate trouble, bud? <laughs> Squeeze, pal. <laughs> Squeeze. So and just on the woods. They decide the woods. they're gonna, you know, they're gonna take a bath, but they have to get all this water upstairs. And all they have is an extension ladder. Why they're doing it this way, I have no idea. Just send a rope down, haul it up. They're climbing up the ladder at the same time. With the buckets. They get up there, 
and they pour the water in and the thing goes straight through the floor. The whole, this like gorgeous four-clawed tub just crushes on the floor downstairs. Shatters. And Tom Hanks... Loses it. This is the first thing I was like, if you don't laugh at this, nothing's funny to you. When he's just... doing Jim Carrey, who, when I was a child, were my two favorite actors. Oh, he was amazing in that shot. And Shelley Long's just staring at him like, Are what you is wrong okay? with you? He's like, He's, it's also, it reminds me of Woody in, in <laughs> Sid's house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's just so many previews of great Tom Hanks to come. Just a man truly lost, unhinged, And he has that, like, edge. great delivery. He's just like, everything's a big deal, and he just loses it and I'm just like god damn I miss seeing this side of Hanks yeah he doesn't do an, I mean I understand yeah, you get older doing, you want your Oscars he's in his very serious acting oh. he's a very intelligent wise man with a lot of good things to say about kindness and the state of the world but oh he is baby he, Hanks yeah baby Hanks rules the next uh, so the construction workers show up this guy Curly and he is bringing is this, a, a biker gang is with him. this town run by a, a mafia of mixed Italian and leather daddies? I think they've pulled this scam a few times. And, Obviously. And so all, I mean, and did you know who one of those leather daddies was? The no. big Italian dude who was spraying the room blue. He goes, I don't want the room blue. Oh, he looked really familiar. That's Jake Steinfeld, who's Haley Steinfeld's uncle. Oh! He used to be a, he used to be, um, a gym rat who started a program called Body by Jake. Yeah. And it, I think he, he had a... He had a sitcom for a little while that was really cute. He was just like a fun little actor, like yeah. a one-off guy. That sounds familiar. Yeah, but I, I was like, oh, that's uh, that, that's Hawk, that, that's little Hawkeye's kid. <laughs> niece. Um, so all these maniacs are just ripping the house apart with axes and bulldozers. Enthusiastically. And they leave for the day. They come back, and the place, they, they keep saying the line, it looked like they tested missiles on the house. Because it's just full of holes. They're now sleeping, and there's just wind coming in. They're, they're like have to put the mattress on the floor because Shelly Long fell through the bed. I have to talk about this. What's that? Because oh, this yes, has literally this happened to me. Go for it, man. I Jesus. Okay, when will our whole thing is stupid? We 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 were leaving college. Um, we got like low key screwed over. Like not on purpose. Just like you know how college housing can be. The house he was living in broke up. I was graduating a year before him. He still needed a place to live. Our friend Jordan still needed a place to live. And so we were like, okay, fine. Like none of us have a place to live. Let's get an apartment <laughs> oh, together. Which my parents just loved. Oh, sure. <laughs> we had been dating for like eight months. Oh. Um. So we, we did, and we had to look for a place, and we eventually found one with our other friend, Noel, who still lives with me, um, and Sam. But it was, getting into the place was a nightmare because they scheduled, among other things, they scheduled the floor waxing people to come on July 4th. And so when we were scheduled to move in two days hence, uh, we couldn't because they didn't come on July the 4th because it was a holiday and I don't know why they told us that was happening. Um, so then they were like, they can't come. They don't have room for another appointment for two weeks. And I, we were like, okay, you have to give us a place to live because now we have jobs in New York and the, my family lives in Pennsylvania and this is not going to work. <laughs> you owe us housing. So they gave us housing. Uh-oh. First of all, Will and I had had to spend two days trekking through different Airbnbs in Brooklyn because there was a weekend overlap where we had nowhere to go. No, not a weekend. There was a two-day overlap, a Thursday and a Friday. You can't rent Airbnbs in Brooklyn like three days in advance. They're all gone. Yeah. So what we had to do was stay in two different ones in two different parts of Brooklyn, ironically very close to where I live now, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, and it was a nightmare, and we were trekking our stuff all over New York in the middle of July, and it was incredibly hot that summer and really humid and we were dying and then when we finally moved into this new place we had just gotten back from I think I was at the beach over the 4th of July um and I had gotten incredibly sunburnt on the last day there mm. so I was really sunburnt 
and we get there, and this is the apartment that they're letting us stay in is not a finished apartment. They're doing construction on it. And so what we're living in is an apartment that smells like sawdust and old people with very little working AC. When the AC does work, it intensifies the smell because I think an old person is just living in there very tiny-like. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> No, like in the AC unit. Oh, God. I don't know. Or they spilled perfume in there. I don't know what the hell was going on. Um, there were no working showers. One shower was just a pipe with no shower head that sprayed water um, uh, on with no um, curtain. curtain. And the other one was a standing shower with uh, no doors and wood splinters all over the floor. So we had to use the pipe with no curtain and just hold up a towel for each other so that we didn't get enough water on the floor to soak through to the apartment below us while we took a shower, which we had to do because it was like degrees and so we're living through that and we go sink into the bed and we find out that this well-made looking bed is an air mattress on an iron frame so I am sunburnt barely showered covered in aloe lotion lying on a bed that is sinking into an iron frame and we had just come from all of that and then when we did eventually get to move into our next apartment we didn't have any of our furniture so we still had to sleep on a mattress on the floor with our brand new air conditioner just spitting water on us and i was so miserable well, at least you had that and cool we had off. each other and we didn't kill each other and we're still together which is very nice and so you can relate to this movie whole movie whole movie reminded me of that also reminded me tom hanks's character is will like, yeah. I could hear Will saying half of his lines. But would he lose it the way he does? Like, just that insane, just, oh my god, why is this happening? Was, but then, like, laugh the next second, because it's so ridiculous. If he was done enough, yes. So, where were we in this movie? They have to sleep on the floor, because the bed's broken. They, their house has is not, it's just riddled with holes. There's just no... Just full of holes. There's, there's a, a storm brewing. All of a sudden... Like, it looked like they just unleashed a fire hose in their bedroom. It sounded, because they turned the lights off and he's like, all right, let's not fight. Good night, honey. That's an imp It's impressive how they did that scene, how the lightning was the lighting. Mm -hmm. So every two seconds, he's up fixing part of the bed. And then the lights go out. And then lightning happens. And she's up fixing part of the bed. And then lights go out. Then you hear lightning. And then all of a sudden, psh, and they're so to the bone. They're really good at dropping you in. And I honestly think movies like this are kind of missing these days. Movies that just drop you into the experience of like a young couple kind of going through a shitty time. Yeah. But like still like not wanting to kill each other. We don't do enough of that anymore. No. I like I love that genre. They tried this a few years ago with Drew Barrymore and um, Ben Stiller. It was called Duplex. Yeah. Doesn't hold a candle to this. Mm. It's, it's just stupid comedy. This is stupid comedy with really well-made characters. Even every one of these characters is a character. Like They're lovable. There's it's... like the, the Latino guy who like wears the, the, the shower cap because he doesn't want to mess up his hair at work. And it's like... very like Greg Daniels, very, very Michael Schur, just... Um, yeah. Mike Schur. Oh. Just um, <laughs> in love with the concept of how weird people yeah, are. Yeah, and you need all of them for it to work. Because yeah. Tom Hanks is such like... Straight laced guy, Shelley Long. She's in the orchestra, like the New York City Philharmonic playing the violin. So, I mean, these are like people who had money at some point, and, and now yes. they're just with the dregs of society. But the dregs are kind of nice in a weird way. Like, a, yeah. a lot of them are. Like, the bosses are scumbags. Like, you know. They're just like um, nice people. Like being growing up in a earth. class above you didn't make yeah. you an asshole. But meanwhile, they're wearing like leather daddy outfits and dressed like rock stars doing construction, which not for nothing. I worked with a lot of construction workers in the 80s. You kind of went to work like you were about to go to a Metallica show anyway. For real? Yeah, you wore jeans, boots, That's why there are stereotypes about sexy construction workers. I always wonder. <laughs> yeah. I was like, where did this come from? Oh, yeah. I, I used to work with a guy named Ray who was in a, a blues band, a blues rock band called Rude Mood. <laughs> it was awesome. Sounds cool. Yeah, it Rob's was. Ray. It's a good <laughs> hey, name. Hey, Ray. Um, so the rest of the movie is just this series of unfortunate events. I love those books. <laughs> They like anything that could go wrong does go wrong, Truly. and it happens to both. It happens mostly to Tom Hanks because you're not gonna beat up Shelley Long in every scene. No, but, and she's at work a lot. But when she has her bad days, it's like, 
Oh my god. Hers are worse. Like, how is she just not in a hotel right More now? More bad things happen to Tom Hanks, but worse things happen to Shelley Long. Yeah, because she she's also like getting hit on constantly. She's a woman. She's they're very watching her have sex with Tom Hanks through the window at one point because they're all on a scaffold outside, and he's just like, "Get back to work." And she's not like, even oh stop god. looking. Just get back to work. And they're just like meandering away from the window, like, "Yeah, okay. Let me finish my donut." Um. So, the movie is really well put together just in terms of the action. Like we were saying, the, the, the stunt work in this is so insane. That the, that scaffold scene goes on. It's so very like well choreographed. three minutes. He falls out the window, falls into a, into a thing of plaster, goes down a scaffold like seven or eight times. He's swinging from ropes. He can't see because he has plaster in his it eyes. It gets very Tarzan. Yeah. And then he falls into a giant bucket and just wails down a hill. And you just see all these construction workers running for their fucking lives. It's so cartoonish. It's truly, like, just props to the generation who grew up with cartoons like Tom and Jerry and yeah. just had that. But it was very itchy and scratchy show. But they sell it They sell it so well. Like you watch it now. You watch stuff like this nowadays. And... You see a lot of stuff coming. You don't see jokes coming in this. They're getting their house finally in some amount of order, but things just keep steamrolling. They're running out of money. Yeah. And he doesn't know what to do, and she's like, well, I'll ask my ex for the money. And, Which is just a whole can of work. And she starts smoking again. She's a wreck. And he, the ex invites her... Why don't you come to my house? And we we'll have, have a warm bath. Warm dinner. I'll get you clean clothes. And she's like... She's like, like, I'm not sleeping with you. And no. he's like, all right, I get it. And I'm like, oh, is he actually being a good guy? How nice. And then, then the next day, she wakes up in bed, hung over to shit. He's he's wearing just the bottom half of silk pajamas. She's wearing the top half of the silk pajamas. And she's like, what happened? He goddamn, he kisses her. And you can see before she opens her eyes, she thinks it's Walter. Yeah, she and thinks it's She thinks, she it's, thinks it's Walter. And it, uh, uh, but so she's freaking out. And she, he tells her that she slept with him. Yeah. And, and she even says, she goes, what, what? I don't even remember dessert. Like, how could this have happened? She goes, you insisted and blah, blah, blah. And he was a real, he's a real piece of shit about it. And like. <laughs> I can see the rage in your eyes. The movie doesn't take this seriously. Again. Today, it's it the would. 80s. Ladies, that's rape. That's just, that's rape. Yeah. That is plain and simple. If you cannot, if you are not sober enough to remember, you sure as hell are not sober enough to consent. And a clear, anything other than a clear sober yes is a no. Yeah. So they end up, she ends up going home and she's like, I got to lie to him. I don't want to lose my husband. I love this man and I'm not losing him. And she, she. She's terrified. She makes this, she gets all dolled up, makes a great dinner for them. And, you know, she has champagne. And he's like, so where were you last night? I wasn't home and I know, I called and you didn't answer. And she's like, he's like, were you with him? You can tell me the truth. And, and this is sweet. He's I believe him. He's super nice. He's like, if you did something, I love you. I understand. Things happen. Just tell, I, it would hurt me more if you lied. And she lies. A lot. She keeps it going for days. I'm disappointed in her. And because if it were me, I think I would have not lied yeah. after the second reassurance. And I would now, have been like, all right, you're being very nice. And, and now, I can't, I feel like, it's just like this guilty feeling I get. Like, I can't keep lying to you oh, when I you're being lie. so nice. I'm the worst liar in the world. Like, I, if, I, if you were being kind to me, if you're not being understanding of me, actually, I have no yeah. problem lying. If you're being an asshole, I'm like, okay, well, I have to compensate for yeah. what you are clearly lacking. So I'll lie my ass off. <laughs> but if you are being a kind and understanding person to yeah. me, I, I, I physically, like, I can't do it. Yeah, I, I've never been one to be able to, to hold up a ruse for very long. And, and I'll come clean so quick. Like, that's why when I was a kid, my mom would be like... Just tell me the truth. She, I'm like, I already did. I think, <laughs> I think actually... I, I broke that vase. I think my parents may have... I, I think to a certain extent, it's like inborn. It's apparently actually a very neurodivergent yeah. thing to not be able to lie. Um, it's OCD, but, trust me. The guilt will eat you alive. Um, but my mom also, when we were little, if something happened and like... Um, we lied about it. She would make sure that we knew afterwards that our punishment was not so much because we did the thing. She's like, here's how I would have reacted if you had just told me that you ate that candy bar without asking. <laughs> but because you lied, I have to punish you for lying to me because now, like, you I'm took upset it to the that next you weren't level. honest. Yeah. And so I think that everybody thinks that way, even though they, a lot of people probably don't. Yeah. And so I'm like, ah. But yeah. I mean, this is, this is 
banging your ex-husband after you just had a fight with your present boyfriend. Uh, that's that's dark. So yeah, back to this. They're laying in bed later that night, and she tells him she wakes him up. Like he and says he it looks at her. Sleep. And he looks at her and he goes, "What's the matter, hon? He's half asleep." He, and she's like, "I slept with him." And he kind of just like goes. He's like, "Okay." And he, he's like, "I can't process this." right And now. he goes back to sleep. And is, is this when he puts the fire, the log in the fire because they're fighting and the whole chimney just caves in on itself while I really it's still don't, burning? I think that was, oh, he, he goes to sleep and he wakes back up and he yells, you whore! Which <laughs> I'm not even that mad at him for. I'm mad at him for using the word, but whatever, it was 1986. I never hear Tom Hanks say that word. It was 1986. And it's just like, oh, this is a perfect illustration of what, because you can think in a relationship that you're going to be so calm and rational about something when it happens, but your emotions are a bitch. Yeah. And even if you know that eventually you can get to a calm and rational place um, logically about it, you you still have to feel those emotions first. And if you try to press them down and not be honest about them and just say, like, logically, I should be fine with this. So, yeah. like, it's going to come out with, like, you whore. And she picks the worst time to do it. She really when does. He's when kind he's kind of half, at his, a, half, he's half asleep. asleep. He's had a shitty wait. He, had, he hadn't been home the night before because he was off trying to, I think, get more money. She should have told him during dinner. Yeah. And, like, she, and she chose, I mean, she's kind of a dirtbag at that whole scene. It really, it. It bugged me. Like, you shouldn't have gone home with your husband. Mad or not that your ex-husband, that, that's, that's screwed up. You know something's going to happen. The guy's, a, the guy's a lech. No. Um, you don't think so? No. I think that uh, it, she, she had no intention of fucking him. And as we learned later, she didn't. <laughs> no, um, she didn't. So I think that she correctly assessed herself and her uh, willpower and her ability to stay away from him. He tempted her with a hot bath, which she desperately... <laughs> look, do not <laughs> underestimate what you will do to fulfill basic human needs when you haven't had them fulfilled in a you while. You can't tell me there's not a Motel 6 somewhere that you could just... Uh, an hour. She has no money. An hour. Look, he was. Look, how much does an hour in a motel cost? I think that it is incredibly misogynistic to talk down to a woman in such a way to say like, oh, for you to even do that, like you, you underestimated yourself. I know better than you how much resistance you could have to this person sexually. Yeah. Like he was being a I nice guy. They still have to work together, so clearly they have to have a working uh. relationship. She probably thinks like, oh, this is nice. He's like extending the yeah. olive branch. I don't blame her for what she did at all. I do kind of blame her for lying, but literally, again, she thinks she was raped. So the PTSD and just like the the mental but, shit that has got to be occurring there, I, I but I, I can't think, be too mad at her. I think the thing is like back then, and I'm not I'm not defending this at all. Don't don't get it don't get it twisted. It's rape. But back then. Especially in comedies, it was written as, oh, what did I do last night? And you're just like, I got drunk and slept with you? Holy shit, I don't even remember that, you know? And I think that's the way they wanted to play it more for comedy. And I think that's why it makes her look worse than she actually was. Yeah, so like she and looks that, like a dirtbag. Yeah, I, I understand th that. I think that's the problem. In the narrative of the story, yeah. she, she kind of... She is the bad guy. She, it was very clear that that's... Especially because Tom Hanks is constantly like, just stay away from him. Stop. Enough. You, you work with him, that's it. Get it away from him. He's, he's bad news. And she keeps like, kind of like, yeah, okay, honey, and whatever. And, you know, and I, I just, didn't read that as what was happening I don't know. at all. I, I, she I, can't stay away from him. I know. And he's her boss. I know. I, I just... He's jealous, and he they should have an honest discussion about that. I just figured you, you've been sucking it up this long, like dealing with this house... What's another couple? I, of, what's another two weeks? Because yeah. everything's two weeks. I feel bad for Tom Hanks. <laughs> Four There's months just, later, the two movie. Weeks. The problem with it was the movie tried to pitch it like there was a bad guy in this yeah. situation, and truly, the only bad guy was blonde dickhead. Was he? Yeah, Max. Yeah. And the thing, what I and, and in a fucked up way, they try to redeem Max at the end of the movie. It's well, yeah. because they decide they're just gonna get the house done. Sell it, split the money, get get their money back, and never see each other again. Tom Hanks and Shelley Long are done, and they're like, fine, whatever. And the, you know, it's just this tumultuous relationship until the house is done. And they split it in half. And then like standing on two sides of the room, Max comes in sad. and he says, he goes, "We didn't sleep together." He goes, "I lied." He's like, because for the first time ever, somebody told him no, because I'm sure he was scorned left and right. He's a you know handsome European who's Runs the Philharmonic. I mean, he's Gross. 
But you, you get what I'm saying, yes. you know? Like, young girls are going to fall for that. Yeah. Especially did. back then. Mm-hmm. And... Because, like, to that to that mind, he looked very enlightened and, and not like a dick. But there's a great scene, and I love it, when Curly is talking to me. He's the, he's the GC, the man, the yeah. guy who's running. Oh, and it, it and has to goes, be mentioned, all of the general contractors heard the tail end of their fight. Yeah. Where they divided the house up. Because Everybody was watching. This is like the soap opera for them during the day and while they're like working. And it's, like, funny. There's a funny layer to it, but also they do a really good job of making you feel that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach that you get when you're fighting with your partner. Yeah. So, like, it didn't feel funny to me because I was empathizing too hard with them. I can get that. Because it was like, I was like, oh, this sucks. But this, this sucks. This but, sucks. Nobody wants this to be happening, including the people arguing. But he does this great moment where he's like, well, folks, the house is all done. It looks great. And Tommy's like, you really did a hell of a job. Like, yeah. he didn't it think this, nice. this dirt bag was going to... And the house is... Gorgeous. These people actually are the nightmare, the nightmare slash dream that millennials and Gen Z are having now, which is like bought a two hundred thousand dollar house in nineteen eighty six. Now it's worth like three million (laughs) dollars. That is what is going to happen to them with this house. And Curly goes, so uh, who wants the key? And he goes. I'll just put it on the banister. He knows. And he's he's watched them like he heard the fight. You love it. He 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 gives them both this subtle grin of like. You're gonna be okay, and it is one of the most touching moments in the movie. Like I, I was these like, these guys are pulling scams, but like they're not scams that in the long run are actually gonna fuck these people up. No, that much. And, and it is such a sweet scene, and I didn't expect it from that character. No, because he was he, you know, he's, you just think he's this like he's just kind of like a dirtbag. Yeah, you just think he's this ham and egger who comes to work every day. I'm sorry, what does that mean? Ham and egger means yeah. like you know you like, eat like breakfast sandwiches and just go to work and drink your coffee and. It, it means, like, a guy who just, you, you're a working man. Okay. Like, because you just go get yourself a ham, egg, and cheese and on a roll and you, and you get it ham, done. I egg, and cheese right now. <laughs> I bet you would. Or pork roll, egg, and cheese. But, yeah, like, uh, I think that, I think, I believe that's what the term ham and egger means. It means, like, okay. a guy who just picks up a sandwich, goes to work, and, you know, gets his day started. Yeah. I, used to, I did it for 20-something years, being an electrician, you know? And he really kind of fixes their relate because they look at each other, and they have this... And they might moment. have had the moment anyway, but... But not... They wouldn't have realized it as quickly. Yeah. And they end up keeping the house. And it's gorgeous and they're happy. Because they have this such sweet moment where they're going up the stairs and, like, they think it's the end and he's going to go pack and he's like, you slept with him and I don't care. Yeah. But she... Oh, we skipped over this part. It's important. Okay. Um, where he's like, she, he says, I didn't sleep with you. And she's like, no, I'm still leaving because he couldn't forgive me. And I can't forgive him for that. Yeah. Which is, I get, it's like a, it seemed like a stupid point back then probably, but it's like a, no, she's right. Because he couldn't forgive her for what we now know is being raped. And like, I know he doesn't understand that, but I know in her heart she does. Yeah. I mean, well. Bringing the room down. <laughs> Sorry. It's just the end of the movie for me was just like, oh, none of this should be funny. Yeah. None of this should be funny. Which I think it's good that I have those alarm bells in my head. I'm, and I'm, I still loved the movie. I'm waiting to watch an episode of Cheers with you where Sam and Diane literally have a slap fight. They beat the crap out of each other and end up making out. <laughs> that kind of sounds funny. And I, I'd love to see your reaction to something like that because they're real. Like t- uh, Ted Danson and Shelley Long are wailing on each other. I am almost, <laughs> almost willing to forgive it in that context because, like, I, I don't know what. Have that... you ever, have you ever heard the term of Sam and Diane? Oh yeah, that's where it comes from. I, yeah, I, yeah, I know that. Oh okay. I'm willing to forgive that because I understand that that uh, that is like one a relationship of of uh, just passion that mm. is being suppressed. So that. A, that's going to manifest itself in weird ways. B, I don't know what their kinks are. <laughs> well, Sam is, a Sam is, he gets down a lot. Like, he literally has a black book that looks like a phone book. <laughs> the slap fight was foreplay. I'm predicting it now. Probably, yeah. If I remember right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, back so to anyway, money pit. She says, I can't forgive him because he couldn't forgive me. But then on the stairs, he's like, you slept with him and I don't care. Which is just... It's, it's, he got over it. It's a great moment. and But it just goes to prove, had you just told him, he probably would have taken it so much better than 
you dragged it out. If they had talked about it at dinner, he probably would have been able, they would have still fought, but he would have been been mentally prepared. He would have been able to take the more time to process it. They would have had the fight before they went to bed and it would have been resolved. If she came home shaken, that's it, the other thing. Like she com- and this is why teaching with. women to mask and teaching people to mask their emotions in general is also a problem because like it's dangerous. People knowing your emotional state is legitimately like an important consideration when they speak to you. Yeah. It's because they don't know what you're going through. No, and, and if you don't tell them, you can't get mad at them. And like women were taught to act yeah. like this because it's like, well, this was your fault. And if like, it, it's just it's so good that we're more open. And about I'm these not saying that what happened to her was her fault. I'm saying no. you you made a a bad, a minorly bad choice that led to a much bigger problem. And the minorly bad choice was because of, of the way it was viewed at it the was time. A, and it so, was out of desperation. Exactly. She just needed a moment away from the hellhole that she was living in. And like also, like she probably wasn't ready to talk about it. No. No. Process, yes. I just don't want you to think I'm some dirtbag. No! No! <laughs> Nowhere did I expect that, that, that to be, no. Okay, good. <laughs> I just, I felt it needed to be said. Yeah. No, I get it. And you also, you, 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 again, the whole point of the show is we look at things differently. I look at things from an older perspective where I've seen this movie and I never thought of it. You word, can kind of time travel the word when you rape watch it. never popped in my head. If you said money pit, there's a rape scene. No, I never would have guessed there's that. No the, there's, there's no rape scene. There's no rape scene. Implied rape. Implied. I never would have, that, that wouldn't have crossed my mind. It would have been more. No, she got drunk and made a bad made a bad decision. Yeah, you know that. That's how I looked at it. Where you were like, no, he got her drunk and banged her, <laughs> and he's a piece of shit. Which, yeah, yeah he kind of is because he woke up looking shiny as a penny, and she's hung over to hell. You know, so. I hated that guy. I did not <laughs> like that at the end. She was just able to forgive him. Like, if he told me that I had never slept with him and he had done that and he had ruined my relationship, I would have, I would have punched him in the face. Oh, I, I would have hired a couple of those. Been, I would have hired a couple of those construction workers. The body by Jake would have been coming back to beat the hell out of him. There wouldn't even have been time. It would have been like a. Fl- I know this about myself. It would have been a flash of rage, and I would have just punched him in the face. Yeah. Before I knew what was happening, it would have been like Ben in that episode of Parks and Rec. <laughs> so that's pretty much the movie, except for the capper at the end. The last scene, we go back to Brazil. Oh my God, yes! And you see Tom Hanks' dad, his new bride, and there's Estelle selling him another mansion with the German pool boy. And so they've been pulling this shit all over the place. And that's kind of hilarious that the dad got his comeuppance. It is funny. And kind of a funny sequel setup if they ever did like sequels like that back in the day. They could have. It was, yeah. It didn't need it. But no. it, it was a it was a great kind of F you to this character who totally screws over his son just to like marry a younger woman. Yeah. And you know. Oh so, boy. So that's the money pit. It and, sure was. Um I'll rate this one first. This is gonna be a high bar for me. I'm going I'm I'm going with a ten. I'm I, I, I love this movie. I almost want to give it an eleven. Mm, it's it's not perfect. But it's so well done. The the jokes land. I mean, I watched this with Mindy and she was cackling. Literally like crying laughing at one point. I want to show this with, to Will. With that he, raccoon scene. He is going she to die. It. He hates raccoons. He's oh. terrified of them. And the He's scene, like rodents shouldn't have fingers. And another scene we didn't even talk about was the rug. Where he oh goes to the floor. I forgot. <laughs> How did we forget about the fucking rug? There's an episode of Avatar where that happens to Sokka. Real? Oh, yes. yes. So Tom Hanks is like just standing there counting money to see if he has enough cash for like dinner or something. And the rug is in a hole in the he floor. He has to pay the permit man That's who's coming right. back at a very specific time. The permit guy was going to show up. He falls to the floor and he's stuck there and he can't move. He can't breathe. He can't yell. He can't chest, scream. Chest loses the permits. And Shelly Long comes back like seven hours later. And he said he would pick her up at the train station. And, and he she's couldn't. looking for him. And she's like, where are you? I'm in the den. I was just in the den. I promise you, I am in the den. I'm in the floor behind the red chair. (laughs) And she just laughs at him. And then he falls through the floor again and wrecks. Oh, his uh, bones are done when uh, he's older. You know what? I'm giving it an 11 now. That's the second scene that I was like, I I can't, just for forgetting to talk about that scene, it gets an 11 now. I love this movie. I've always loved this movie. I saw it when I was a kid, 
And I laughed my ass off then. And I know the jokes are coming and I'm still laughing. I'm still laughing just as hard as the first time I saw it. What are you giving this movie, Mel? This is a 10. Oh, there you go. Like, I could not suppress my anger at how that one scene was handled. So you're taking a point so off it gets, for the... It doesn't get a perfect 11 for rewatch the sexu- forever. For the pseudo-sexual assault. For, yes. Um, because also, like, Sal is just completely... Like, that's treated like it's no big deal. And, like, he literally... Oh, oh. Unwanted John, John touching is not okay ever. Um, yeah, but Hanks handles it. Hanks doesn't let him get away with that yes. shit. But anyway... It still gives him five grand, but whatever. Ten. <laughs> 10. I love this movie. I'm going to show this movie to people who have not seen I it. I am... Cute Hanks. It did such a good job. This is what really tips it for me. It does such a good job of explaining exactly the feeling of being a young couple in just a screwed and shitty situation. <laughs> and you're just like, oh shit, we're the adults now. We have to figure out how to deal with this. I'm so happy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy you like this movie. Because if you didn't like this movie, I was going to be very upset. No, I love this movie. <laughs> so... Next week on the show, it's your turn. What do you got for me, Mel? It is because we just watched Pretty in Pink with okay. TV's Travis. Again, check that out. Um, there are uh, we, there are links on our Twitter page. Yeah. Uh, uh, in abundance. Um, we are going to watch a Cinderella story oh, with Hillary, Hillary Duff, Duff because is, okay. there were a lot. I think it lifted some things directly from Pretty in Pink and then hmm. changed them and made them a little better. So we can kind of talk about both. And who who's the guy in that? I don't remember. Was he the One Tree Hill dude? Oh, oh, oh. The, or the, the OC. I, the best friend. Yes, One Tree Hill. Chad okay. Michael Murray. I thought you were talking about the best friend. No, 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 no. Yes, no. Chad Michael I Murray. I just remember, all I know about this movie, I've seen the poster. She's wearing like a prom dress with sneakers. sneakers? And she's kind of get, getting a piggyback ride from this guy. Yeah. That's all I know of this movie. It's so, so I'm, cute. I'm going I, in blind. This is easily one of my top five favorite movies. I honestly, for pure rewatchability, prefer it to Legally Blonde. Oh my God. Yes. That's bold. I love this movie. All right. I so. also loved Hillary Duff when I was little. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that more next time. So that's been Made You Watch a Podcast for this week, folks. And I've Money been, Pit. And The Money Pit. And I've been Adam Mock. I have been Melanie Weir. And we made you watch a podcast. See you next time. You've been listening to an N Stars podcast production. 